This is San Jose, the podcast where we discuss hauntings, urban legends, and everything spooky-ooky regarding San Jose. This is your co-host, Carmen Sanchez. And I'm Manuel Avalos. Do you want to disclose today's topic? Today, we're getting nostalgic, and we're talking about Great America. Woo! I don't know about you, Carmen. It's just really nostalgic for me because I actually haven't been since I left San Jose for college. And now that I'm back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would love to go. But of course we can't because <laughs> of COVID. And I know they're oh, reopening yeah. this season, but I might hang off for a bit. We'll see. I know. Do you remember that? Like, maybe not that one summer, but like the various summers between middle school and high school where we would just go hang out at Great America. I, that was my go-to. Um, my mom would buy me a pass every summer. And so I, you know, from middle school to high school, I basically lived there like every summer. <laughs> I was there all the time. It was just like a nice place to go and hang out. Okay. So, well, um, if anybody's actually interested, uh, <laughs> the address to Great America is 4701 Great America Parkway, and it's located in Santa Clara, California. Yes. It first opened up as Marriott's Great America on March 20th, 1976, which is why we're doing it this week, because that means that as of this coming Saturday, March 20th, it will mark Great America's 45th anniversary of when it originally opened. Wow. That's like 20 years ahead of Pokemon. <laughs> It was their 25th anniversary this year. Oh, yeah. Well, Marriott opened another Great America, which later became Six Flags Great America, in the same year, but in May, in Gurney, Illinois. So if you look up Great America, you might find that one. Uh, It's a little bit north of Chicago, I believe. Um, I mean, I've never been there, but I hear it's lit, so there's that. Um. It also actually, when they were going to open it, it was actually a bit of a contentious issue because the city of Santa Clara wanted um, to basically own it in a way. Uh, And also current homeowners in Santa Clara feared that it would, uh, you know, attract people and ultimately decrease their property values and all this other stuff. Basically just nimbyism at its finest. But ultimately the city ended up buying the park and then it was managed by King's Entertainment Company, which also manages a couple other amusement parks throughout North America and even one in Australia. And on its opening day, this park opened this park attracted over 20,000 visitors, which is kind of a lot of people when you think about like how big the park was then compared to like what it is now. Um, and, you know, the population of the area wasn't nearly as big as it is now. So that was, you know, pretty big deal. Uh, and I believe people came from all over the uh, greater area to check out the new park. The park changed hands quite a bit since its opening. So it started off as Marriott's and then it was kind of the city of Santa Clara's slash it belonged to King's Entertainment Company. Um, but I believe the name stayed as Marriott's Great America until 1992 when it became Paramount's Great America And then in 2006, it was sold to Cedar Fair, which is when it became California's Great America, which is what it's called now. But of course, with the changing hands, there's been some changes in like the overall uh, theme and feel of the park and also just like 
the kinds of references um, that were visible. And um, but I mean, for the most part, it stayed like as the same park with the same rides and stuff. But of course, like with new additions and then some rides, rides were taken down. So unfortunately, very early on in Great America's history, deaths occurred. Um, an early roller coaster called Turn of the Century, which was re- actually redesigned in 1980, and it still is in the park, but we now call it the Demon. Um, but this ride apparently had a tragic accident where a car actually fell off the tracks in the middle of one of the two corkscrew loops, and it killed several people. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, I found this information from David Lee's Haunts of San Jose. It's a book you can check out from the San Jose Public Library if you're interested. Um, and I was also able to confirm this with an article, which I'll talk about in a little bit. And this book also talked about some other deaths that occurred on the ride that used to be there called Willard's Wizard, where one man apparently bumped out of his seat by another incoming car, and then he was crushed by that car. I, yeah, so God. that was really tragic. So the article I found is from the East Bay Times, and it talks about some of the the different accidents and tragedies that have happened at Great America over the years. And some of the ones I found were these. In 1980, and this might be the one I just talked about, but in 1980, a 13-year-old boy was killed while attempting to board the Willard's Wizard roller coaster when two trains collided. Eight other passengers were also injured. In 1989, two boys intentionally jumped out of the loggers' run ride. One was killed, and the other fell onto a platform and was injured. In 91, two couples were injured on the Yankee Clipper as their boat hydroplaned and then capsized, leaving the riders temporarily trapped under the upside-down boat. The attraction was later modified to include a bump at the bottom of the drop to prevent hydroplaning. In 1998, after riding Flight Deck, which, if you know, you know, it used to be called Top Gun, a 24-year-old Spanish-speaking man from Hayward who could not read the English language warning signs entered a locked, gated area underneath the ride to retrieve his hat. He was hit by the foot of a passenger on the train of the ride and later died. The passenger also suffered a broken leg. This I've actually heard about, Carmen. I don't know about you, but I have heard this story several times. I've heard that too, and you know what? Like Daniel Tosh actually did a a bit on it, and he was like, "Imagine being the person whose leg was broken, and everyone asks you, how'd you break your leg?'" Yeah. Oof. That would be so messed up. Could you imagine? Would you if if this happened to you, Manny? Would you like make up a an excuse like a different one or would you say i killed somebody <laughs> i feel like it'd be really hard because i feel like it'd probably be all over the news especially nowadays but um oh I, yeah I can't escape that at all that would be messed oh. up yeah well condolences This next one, I've actually heard of as well several times. And apparently in 1999, Mm. a disabled 12-year-old boy fell to his death on Drop Tower, also known as Drop Zone, after slipping from the ride's restraints, which were still locked at the end of the ride. Yikes. Oh my gosh. And I heard that, well, we can go into it later, but I heard that was like at the top too. 
Oh gosh. Yeah. That's so scary and sad. Like I believe drop zone is also one of the tallest versions of that kind of ride in like the U S which really doesn't make it any better. The last one in this article is from 2007 and it says a four-year-old boy drowned in the boomerang bay's great barrier reef wave pool. That's all it says. But, um, that's also just really sad. And this is another one I have heard about. Right. And it's so recent too. (sighs) Yeah. Needless to say, with all the deaths occurring at this park, on the rides, and, you know, with its long history, legend has it, Great America is definitely haunted. People claim to see and, yeah, people claim to see and feel a presence in the old theater where they do live performances, and, um, and people have just claimed to see things in, in, like, near the different rides, but we'll get into that a little later in the podcast. Yeah, so did you ever get any, like, weird feelings when you were walking around Great America at all? No, not at all. When I was a kid, I I mean, until probably high school, I never really got the idea that it was haunted or, like, anything like that. I mean, I had heard stories, but, um, and, you know, every time I went, I was just too excited to be there, so. Mm. Well, for me... On the other hand, there was like, I I remember getting a weird feeling when walking into like the old theater, Um, but I was also a kid and I remember there was like this Muppets ride at Great America that always freaked me out when going into theaters, so there's that. And then also I got a weird feeling when walking under, you know those like little bridges, like the covered bridges? like going over the waterways like especially near the the water raft ride yeah remember what i'm talking about i do so i always felt like an ominous feeling going walking around those areas and i have no idea why well let us know if you feel the same thing or if you think great america is haunted we do that on Saturdays now. The verdict. <laughs> <laughs> Corporates putting in their own people. <laughs> <Just kidding>. um, <laughs> new management here at San Jose. Um, yeah, so on Saturdays, we're doing the verdicts now. And then on top of that, uh, please go ahead and follow us at San Jose Podcast. Or send us an email at sanhanse at gmail.com also if you check out our instagram you might notice we have our website now (gasps) yeah so it has manny's beautiful face and it has carmen's beautiful face (laughs) oh yeah so if you want to go to our website now you can go to sanhanse.wordpress.com and you can check out our latest episodes you can check out maybe some of the videos that we've been posting on youtube and stuff um you'll be able to check out our map which is embedded on the website and it also has a link to an order form so you can order stickers which by the way we do have still so if you would like a san jose sticker please be sure to dm us on instagram again at san jose podcast or email us san jose at gmail.com <laughs> buy a sticker stick it on your sister stick it on your parents stick it on a water bottle where else can you stick your stickers manny um, 
you can fill up your bo- water bottle with water from Dottie's pond and then stick it on there, or you can... <laughs> and then drink it all. And then if you see Dottie, you can stick it on Dottie. Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> Why not? Oh boy. I think it's a good time to transition to the personal accounts. <laughs> So, this comes, again, from the book Haunts of San Jose by David Lee, and the author cites someone named Frank Teliao, who apparently used to work at Great America and once heard a crying child while working there with a co-worker. Um, they searched around the area, but they never found a child, and he also cites two unnamed Top Gun operators, again, it's what now is called Flight Deck, who were closing the ride up one night only to turn around and see a headless ghost. They were so traumatized what? by the event, yeah, that they were transferred to a different work area, I guess like permanently. <gasps> That's so scary. Do you think that might have been a prank by like their coworker? It's totally possible, but I don't, you know, I don't know. Um I can't believe they had to transfer to a different area. Jeez. Yeah. And then the author also writes, Drop Zone is also haunted by the, um, you know, often told story of a kid that fell out the ride because he wasn't strapped in properly, which we talked about before. And apparently the IMAX and Paramount theaters are also haunted. Unclear by what. Um, I also didn't realize there's an IMAX theater. Oh, do they mean the one where you like sit in the chairs that move? The SpongeBob? Yeah, like the SpongeBob one. And then... um, also, apparently, the roast beef shop. I'm not sure which one they're talking about, but apparently there's a roast beef shop <laughs> where a ghostly man... Had no idea. Yeah, apparently they ha- has a ghostly man that screams from inside a locked freezer. Ooh, that's scary. But see, that furthers my point about the theaters. I knew there was something creepy in there. I think there's more that we get into, Carmen, but let's... Uh, I don't know. What did you find? Okay, so... I've got um, a couple of Yelp reviews for you guys this week. Um, this first one is actually more um, of an outline of all the um, the tragedies that occurred at the park. So here I'm gonna go. This is and honestly, it's it's my favorite review that I read because it was kind of more realistic to my views. But anyway, uh, Samantha R. Back in two thousand and nine. Uh, rated California's Great America at a 3 out of 5 stars. And she writes, Invertigo is closed indefinitely because those people were stuck on it for 5 hours Monday and had to be cherry-picked off the seats on the first hill. Um, She also writes, Things that have happened that still probably won't stop me from going to a Great America company picnic despite it happening in my lifetime. Two boys intentionally jumped off the Loggers Run ride, like you had said earlier. A kid plummeted, or two, a kid plummeted to his death from the top of drop zone. Three. Two couples were injured on the Yankee Clipper as their boat hydroplaned then capsized. And I'm shortening this review for brevity. Four, person broke their leg because someone had climbed over the fence to get his hat that flew off of Top Gun. Five, guy died because he went to get his hat after it flew off his head on Top Gun. (laughs) 
six, a kid drowned in the crocodile Dundee wave pool. So that's more details on the specific area for that one child that drowned. Seven, a group of 25 people were stuck for five hours in a 95 degree heat due to a chain malfunction on one of the rides. And then she goes on to say, I didn't realize there was so much when I started this list. <laughs> it's okay. So, there you go. It's, it is problematic. Yes. It's interesting because I like can distinctly remember seeing like rides stuck on the news. And I feel like or I not just... even like when you go to the park. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, I want to get on that ride. And they're like, sorry, people have been stuck on it for the past like three hours. I know. And... I feel like that I, was always the case. Yeah. I, but, like, that last one, I, like, distinctly remember people being stuck on Invertigo for, like, ever in the heat. And if I remember correctly, my cousin may have been on that, right? Oh, my goodness. Really? I remember one of my cousins got stuck on a ride at Great America for a long time in the heat. So that might have been it. But then again, it was always getting stuck. And were they, like... As stated in the previous uh, review, Cherry picked off of the ride. Could you imagine? I don't remember, but I do remember seeing that on the news. Actually, like they get like fire trucks or something to like one by one get the people out. Yeah, with the really long ladders. Oh, that would be so scary. Because <laughs> <sighs> I also hate heights. I love roller coasters, but mainly because, you know, they're over in like less than five minutes. <laughs> I can't imagine being stuck that high up. Okay, well, moving forward. We've got Robert P. from Cupertino, California, which who rated Great America at a 4 out of 5 stars back in 2016. Robert wrote an extensive review, so for brevity, I'll be reading his primary personal accounts. At 16, I got my first job ever, and what better place to do that than Paramount's Great America? In 1998, I worked in the merchandise department. A lot of standing around, waiting for people to come in, and most of them don't even buy anything. So, there wasn't really much to do. If you're single though, it's a great place to meet lots of girls, or guys, whatever floats your boat. Uh, I did witness a tragedy there, two actually, but one in 1998. I was working at the Hello Kitty store at the time, Laugh it up, guys. And a lady came in panicking and yelling in Spanish. I understand Spanish, but she was so panicky it was hard to understand her. I knew that it was an emergency though, so I dialed 9111. Yes, with an extra one. Don't ask, or do ask if you must. I don't care. And then he continues. And a few minutes later, I saw paramedics performing CPR on a man who I later found out was her fiance. After about five minutes or so, or at least that's how long it seemed, they finally stopped and I figured he was dead. This is what I later found out. The lady, his fiance, was on Top Gun with him and one of them dropped their hat while on the ride. After they got off, he decided to jump the fence to get back in. Uh, he decided to jump the fence to get it back. As he reached the top of the fence, the roller coaster car came straight at him, knocking him off the fence and shattering the legs of the poor girl who was unfortunate enough to be in the front row. Wow, I went on a tangent. 
and then later says, So in 1999, I transferred to the foods department. Much more fast-paced and much less boring. Paramount's Great America has always been a great place to meet people and make new friends, and I enjoyed working in the food festival in 1999. Oh yeah, so, so this was the year of the second tragedy I witnessed at Paramount's Great America. My best friend Aaron, A.A. Ron, and I were on our lunch break when we saw a huge crowd gathered around Drop Zone. All I could see past the crowd were large black trash bags covering a body. A kid had fallen all the way from the top of the ride and obviously died on impact. Very tragic and sad. I met his mom sometime later, but that's a different story. So that's what I got from So they were there for both of those, because those are two, I think, of the most famous accidents that have happened. Mm Mm-hmm. Robert was there, f- or worked at Paramount Security of America for a really long time, um, as stated in his review, but I neglected to put the, the years from, but he made it pretty high up in management. Anyway, um, I also took to Reddit. Um, thank you, San Jose subreddit. If you are on Reddit, you probably see me posting about San Jose <laughs> a lot, <laughs> so keep an eye out. Anyway, uh, we got a few comments. Um, so we got Blank Boom, who commented, Been a hot worker there for a few years. We like to joke about the ghost of Betsy in the old theater. But honestly, the only scary thing about California's Great America is how callous they treat their workers and overcharge their guests. And this is heavily supported by what I found on Glassdoor. Uh, overall, Great America is rated at a 2.1 out of 5 stars. As a, as a place to work. But you do get free entrance to the park and flexible hours, which is probably why this is where like a lot of high school students get their first job. Makes sense. Um, so, yeah. And in response to this comment, uh, typical underscore white underscore girl <laughs> writes, and the raccoons in the dumpsters during the hunt. So, I guess... That's also a scary factor of working in California's Great America is all the raccoons gets overrun, <laughs> like in Pawnee. <laughs> okay, and last comment was um, someone named Riptide360 who commented, scary enough that some of the rides have real deaths associated with them and then linked us to the wiki, wiki article of like all the incidents that have occurred. So thank you, Riptide360, for that. I heard you got some personal accounts. Yes, but actually, before I get into that, I just want to know, like, this one was, like, it wasn't hard to research because um, the accidents were pretty well documented, but it was hard. Mm -hmm. Normally, we look up the location we're talking about and then just haunted, but we couldn't really do that this week because if you look up California's Great America Haunted, you only get stuff about the Halloween haunt. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Which is a whole other thing, but I think kind of outside the purview of this podcast. Did you ever go to the Halloween haunt? I have been there twice. Okay, it's just a really quick side story. My first time, I was like 13, and we went, I went with my sister, and it, (laughs) it was a Sunday night, which means there was almost no one there in terms of like visitors. But that just means that... Oh, wow. Yeah, that means that 
there was like a greater concentration of like the workers that scare you. So like we yeah, huh? we were basically like alone in terms of like the other visitors and walking down like the streets like we were like they were all just like ganging up on us. Oh my gosh, was it scary? So was that scarier? Yes, because I went again. I think a couple years later on like a Saturday night when it was a lot packed, like a lot fuller. And I remember thinking like, this isn't even scary because like no one really ever went up to us. Oh, okay. Because somebody, I was talking to somebody about it and they were saying, yeah, it gets really old, like really quickly because there's just people that will just follow you. And then apparently if you act like you're not scared, then they'll just leave. That makes sense. But I was yeah, also like 13 so. and terrified, so... <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, anyway. I, that's why I never wanted to go. I actually went to and I got too scared. <laughs> oh. Well. Oh, uh, I was like in middle school. Anyway, let's get, let's get, get on with it. Yeah, so I scavenged or I asked in the Facebook group inside CGA which is also an Instagram if you are interested in learning more about just, like, Great America history or, like, if you're interested in photos from Great America, you can follow them at InsideCGA on Instagram. And they were kind enough, the uh, the person that runs the Instagram was kind enough to give me a little bit of information and uh, tell me about the Facebook group where they allowed me to just, um, you know, kind of fish for information. So I got a couple comments on my post. This first one comes from Ronnie Item, who says, Not haunted, but I'm sure there are people who would like to share their imagination for entertainment purposes. So, basically our entire podcast. <laughs> hey! But, they I mean, gave us a shout out. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, there's some history regardless behind these things. Um, and anyway, this next one comes from Jamie Higgins, who says, the ghost of the boy who died on loggers haunts the decommissioned side of Mass Effect, so they say. Just word of mouth passed down from employees over the years. It does get pretty eerie after hours inspecting the place in complete silence and solo, lol. I could imagine, I'm just thinking like... Oh my gosh. You work all day and then at night when the park is like totally empty and you have to like go, you know, shut down the rides and like lock up the stores and stuff, like... It must get really eerie. Oh yeah, and pretty easy to let your imagination run you know yeah especially for sure. at that time this next one comes from karas kurutori which in japanese means crow blackbird uh who says pre mass effect slash days of thunder slash simulator building we had tidal wave i worked tidal wave from 1989 through 94. we called the ghost doug Story is, he was a boy who died in a barn fire when, where the tidal wave once stood. He also would migrate to New Orleans Square, oh, sorry, to Orleans Square, and knocked merchandise off tables, off shelves, as well as all of Yankee Harbor's spooky stuff. And little Katie was the Fort Fun ghost. I also wanted to note that uh, Karas Kurotori runs the website hauntedhoneymoon.com where they and their spouse, who is also a San Jose native, travel to different haunted places around the country, and they stay at, like, haunted hotels and stuff, and then they leave their reviews and thoughts. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so if you want to, like, go to their website, you can see some other haunted places that they've reviewed. 
and specifically for Great America. I'm just summarizing, uh, I'm gonna skip around, but while the park was originally themed after different eras of American past with the patriotic bent, Paramount has totally removed the theming convention and just stuck rides named after movies all over the place. Both Chris and Brian at one time worked in this park, so some of the stories you're about to read are secondhand accounts. In 1983, a 13-year-old boy died when he stepped off the ride and another train ran into the back of his train. It is said that he now wanders the now unoccupied spot where the ride The Willard's Wizard once stood. One graveyard shift employee had reported hearing footsteps crossing the wooden bridge that crosses over the splash zone of Whitewater Falls, which occupies one half of the old wizard ride area. For coaster enthusiasts as well as ghost hunters, the reason that the train had not stopped before it rammed into the station park train was that the electric eyes did not register that the space was already occupied. For years after the accident, if the ride had been stopped for an emergency, the ride computer would show ghost trains. The re electric eyes registered trains on the track where it not was not physically possible for there to be one, specifically in the Helix. The theater in Orleans Plaza is also said to be haunted. Most stories tell of cold spots. Katie, an eight-year-old blonde girl, has been seen going into one-time Fort Fun Maze, only to never be seen coming out again. There's also the tale of a 10-year-old boy, Doug, who died in a house-slash-barn fire that took place when the area was a ranch. That spot was supposedly where tidal waves-slash-grease lightning once stood. He has been known to cause things to knock over in merchandise shops in Yankee Harbor and New Orleans Place, when the park actually had themed areas. One report read that an employee had seen a little boy and a little girl walking into light, then vanishing into Orleans Place. It is also said that these two children were brother and sister. And their own review of this place is that, as a roller coaster nut, Brian, and a theme park enthusiast, Chris, this park is a big, bitter disappointment to us. We both, we also both used yes. to work here. <laughs> yeah. We also both used to work here, and it was much better then. The park has, has substandard roller coasters. They took out their one breakthrough roller coaster, the first true flying coaster to put in a water park. Uh, I believe that's referencing stealth. The only semi-good roller coaster left is Top Gun. It is a shame that they just cannot seem to get good rides. Now with the, comp now with the competition from Marine World, which has much better roller coasters, and theirs aren't even that good, I hoped Paramount would get the clue and do something right. Oh well, so much for that. I'd rather drive for five hours and go to Magic Mountain. Hopefully now that park is now owned by Cedar. F Hopefully now that the park is owned by Cedar Fair, its rides and theming will improve. So, it seems like this no. review is a couple <laughs> years old. But continuing with our Facebook group stories, John Phillips said, "My brother-in-law died a long time ago. He worked for the Light Stage for many years." And to this, Karas Kurotori replied. Pictorium and Theater Royal were supposedly both haunted. And then we lastly have Bean Lopez who says, As a ride operator, none of my co-workers would exit to associate services to clock out via the path under the bridge between Action Zone, our area, and Planet Snoopy one night. The reason? The ghost of Woodstock Express. I guess one of them had heard, after closing, what sounded like a child laughing by that ride. Oh, heck no, techno. Not about it. Child ghost children? Scariest children. Oh, besides real children. <laughs> <laughs> With that, let's go to pop culture. 
Okay, so uh, let's just touch on this real quick. So Great America was owned by Paramount for a while. So they were owned uh, by Paramount in the years 1992 to 2006. And during this time, they had a lot of Nickelodeon characters like SpongeBob and Patrick. And like I remember this was probably the golden age of Paramount's Great America because they had really cool characters there. But then also in before that, like in the 70s when they first opened, they actually had the rights uh, or what's it called? Trademark rights to Porky Pig, Yosemite Sam, and Bugs Bunny. So like some Looney Tune characters. So that was pretty cool. And then I know like that also has to do with some of the stuffed animals that you could win from the, the arcade games and stuff. So having those themed trademarked characters really does help promote the park because you kind of want to win some of those cool characters, right? Um, and then any uh, the next one is actually some, or the next two, or three, I guess, are from you, right? Yeah, so some other pop culture references throughout the park in their rides. Um, so one of the newer rides is, like, or, like, relatively new is, I think it's called Tiki Twirl now. Um, but it was originally, like, a Survivor ride, like, from the show Survivor. And I remember, I thought the concept was really cool because basically it, like, divided you into different teams while you lined up. Like, you would line up in a certain color group and then you would sit... Yeah, like, each color group sat in a certain section of the ride, and then you would, like... There was, like, videos, I remember. While you were waiting in line, they would play these videos telling you that, like, you would have to stomp and, like, clap and stuff on these, like, pads on the floor that were, I guess, sensors. and Like, when you were waiting in line still. And so, like, the team that would do it the best would, uh... Like, they would win, and so... You wouldn't win anything. It would just punish the losers by, like, shooting them with water and stuff while they were on the ride. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. I totally remember that now. Yeah. And I honestly don't think... I completely forgotten. I honestly don't remember them ever actually implementing that. (laughs) Like, I never saw anyone doing the stomp thing except, like, ironically... Um, and I don't think yeah. the workers were ever about it because they would always just have us all line up in one spot anyway. Um, yeah, well, I mean, imagine being there for about eight hours a day having to deal with all that noise and racket. In the heat. <laughs> in the heat, nonetheless, you're right. Uh. Yeah, either way, I thought the concept was cool and it was, you know, imaginative, but then I guess they lost the, like, trademark or whatever to it and now it's just called Tiki Twirl and I think they took away, like, the, you know team whatever aspect of it i think they took that away and also the the water because i don't remember really ever getting like splashed i don't remember getting splashed but i do remember they would always i would always see the water i think it would always just end up spraying off into the distance and not like actually at the riders though and then remember also once you got up to the the highest point in the ride it would like blast it would stop fire there. and stuff. Yeah, and it would like stop no, there. The fire, yeah. Oh yeah, kind of for a second, right? In like the- yeah, you keep spinning but it doesn't go back down for a second. 
the next one is uh, Woodstock Express. It's like a, you know, Snoopy themed roller coaster for kids. And I'm not going to lie, Carmen and I have been on it. I'm pretty sure we've been on it together because for some reason I remember Carmen being there. And it's for kids, but you can get on it as an adult. Um, I believe if you're too is young. Is it the one that just spins? No, it's like a roller coaster. But I'm not going to lie. I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And of course, there was also like Planet Snoopy for a while. I don't know if that's still a thing, but I remember for a while they had like, it was like everything was Snoopy themed. Um, and then <gasps> this was the Reptile ride. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was the Reptile one before. Yeah. Probably the most iconic like pop culture related ride was Top Gun. Um, right. I mean, so, I mean, it's called Flight Deck now, but it was based on the movie Top Gun, uh, which, of course, I've never seen. <laughs> but I remember before oh, it changed names. <gasps> wow. I think we just hit the limits of the podcast. <laughs> oh, no. Did we just break the fourth wall? I know. Is somebody gonna... Audience, have you seen <laughs> Top Gun? <laughs> I remember before they changed the name to Flight Deck, there would be like, like when you're walking into the line, you would see like, not like props, but like kind of like reenactments of the movie, like not of people or anything, but just like the settings. And I think they had like some pictures from the movie and stuff. Um, yeah, they had like to make you feel like you're there, kind of. Yeah. And then... It really set the mood for the that ride. I think my sister set the ride with like talk to you before it started too, like back in the day. Uh, but now it's I mean it's just called Flight Deck and it's supposed to like recreate what it would feel like if you were on a on a flight like a fighter jet. Um, definitely the most fun one there. So if you've never been on it, oh my gosh. Yeah. That one's a good one. It is a good. It's it's probably also the smoothest roller coaster. And personally, yeah. I would recommend to ride it without shoes. Like, yeah. I would wear <laughs> sandals a lot to Great America, and when I would go on this ride, I would take off my shoes. I think everyone did. <laughs> I mean, it it felt nice with the wind on your feet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's get started with the rest of pop culture. So, there are a few movies that were actually shot, or like parts of Great America were filmed for these specific movies. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about them in chronological order. So first we have Twice Upon a Time, which was a film that came out in 1983. And George Lucas had actually produced this animated film. Uh, it featured Great America as the background for the animated scenes, as well as for the live action scene at the end. Uh, and <laughs> for me, um, when animation turns into live action, for me, that represents a bad movie. But checking out Rotten Tomatoes, it got a 91%. So that's pretty high, highly ranked. And um, checking out the trailer, it seems like an interesting film, but the animation style is something that I can appreciate, but something that would have scared me as a child and honestly 
Probably now, because the animation style is really creepy. <laughs> um, if you want, you could go ahead and take a look. I definitely recommend it. And if you have seen this movie, then you're a trooper. Because <laughs> it does look... It kind of gives me like Coraline vibes, where it's something that you'd be interested in watching, but probably freaked out by the end. Oh, this is really creepy. Doesn't yeah, and the backgrounds too. It's like the the foreground is interesting and colorful, but the background is definitely something that I don't know. Straight out of nightmares. Then, um, Great America is also featured in two other films. Uh, they were both released in 1994. So the first one, we've got Beverly Hills Cop 3. Uh, this film was directed by John Landis and written as a die hard, or, or, and written as die hard in a theme park. So that was the pitch, I guess. Uh, so this, obviously, it's the third movie in the trilogy. So it was harshly criticized uh, mainly due to the plot and the upsetting portrayal of the main character, Axel Foley, which is played by America's sweetheart, Eddie Murphy. So, <laughs> um, honestly, he's the most notable person in the films beside uh, leading actress Teresa Randall, who was in other popular movies such as Bad the Bad Boys series and Space Jam. So, again, this movie was harshly criticized, and it has a whopping 9% on Rotten Ghost Tomatoes, so very sad. Um, and then, as uh, referenced in, or to reference a, a prior pop culture section, it was nominated for two Golden Raspberry Awards. Do you remember what that those awards were? Uh, what like they're for? I kind of forgot. Oh, oh wait, they're okay. like they're like for movies and stuff, but they're like bad. They're not good. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that's how bad this movie was. Um, so the nominations uh, for these awards were one, John Landis for worst director, oh, and no. two, <laughs> the entire film as worst remake or sequel. So, damn, <laughs> that sucks. Oh. Um, yeah. So. Uh, there were also uh, lots of critique on Murphy's portrayal of the part to the point where the film was given a dishonorable mention by Glenn Lavelle with the San Jose Mercury News. So I was like, <laughs> that's rough. And it's prob uh, they probably were mentioned this movie specifically plainly because, you know, Great America was f featured in the film. So, um... Next bullet, it says, Murphy himself was quoted saying something along the lines of, if there is a Beverly Hills Cop 3, then you know I was getting a nice paycheck. Uh, the film was budgeted at $55 million, went over budget to $70 million, and then $15 million of that $70 million went right into Murphy's pocket. So, um... Yeah, $15 million for this movie. It's a pretty, pretty good check. In other reviews, critics speculated that Murphy was depressed at the time due to the lack of character and low energy levels. So, 
feel bad for him. But also, again, he made that, you know, snide comment about it. Other fun facts about the film, uh, George Lucas was in the film. He was in the background as, quote, unquote, disappointed man. Because he gets cut in line by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> in the movie, Great America is portrayed as Wonder World, and all the exterior scenes were filmed at Great America. So also some of the rides were used, such as the Carousel, Sky World, and the Vortex. <laughs> Lastly, it's long delayed, but expect a Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, Murphy felt bad. <laughs> yeah, Murphy felt bad leaving the trilogy in a negative light. So over many years of deliberation, and on top of that, COVID delays, they've decided to make another one, uh, maybe towards the end of 2021 or 2022. Over 25 years later. (laughs) A, he felt bad about the the fourth one. He, it, it, it said maybe, or probably after coming to America two. So now that that's out, they're going to start working on the movie. And I just recently saw that on Amazon. I haven't watched Coming to America 2, but... Next, we've got Getting Even with Dad. So this film features Macaulay Culkin and Ted Danson, who's from The Good Place. And I think this breaks the record for lowest score on Rotten Tomatoes at 3%. So that's violent. Oh. Um, yeah. Another terrible movie means another dishonorable mention from Glenn Lavelle from Santa, from the San Jose Mercury News. So this was also in their article. Um, and how could this movie get so poorly graded? Well, apparently it was super formulaic and basically a wannabe version of Home Alone. Any scene in the movie that's shot at an amusement park is actually Great America. Wikipedia says, Culkin's performance in the film earned him a Razzie Award and a Stinker's Bad Movie Award nomination for Worst Actor, also for The Page Master and Richie Rich. Which, not regarding this movie, but looking back on Page Master and Richie Rich, I thought, I actually, I thought those were good movies when we were kids. Do you remember watching any, did you ever, mm, no? No. <laughs> Do you know Home Alone, like the premise? Have I seen Home Alone? Of course. And I do know who Macaulay Culkin is. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, okay, good. But Proud fair of you for that one. <laughs> yeah, so um, I remember Page Master and I thought it was a good movie. Um, I just remember the part where it's like, Sanctuary! And then Richie Rich, I remember um, the... The dad, Richie Rich's dad, was the grandpa in Gilbert Girls. But anyway, so lastly, about this movie specifically, uh, small tidbit. Apparently, the role called for Macaulay Culkin to cut his hair, but he didn't want to since he had grown it out so long and he liked it that way. So he basically got his dad to make a case for his character to keep the long hair. So that you wouldn't have to cut it. So there you go. I thought that was cool. Um, the dad was like, "Oh well, this is a working class family, and he doesn't have to be sharp looking like you know if they were an upper class or something like that." So um, lastly, 
for pop culture, we've got an Excedrin commercial. <laughs> so in 2007, Top Gun, or otherwise known as Flight Deck, uh, was featured on an Excedrin commercial, which honestly, I feel like they should have used the demon because I've definitely gotten more headaches from going on that roller coaster than any others at the park. Maybe Vortex or Patriot, but not. True. So, um, Excedrin, do your research. Wow. And that's all I got for me for that one. Fun fact, there's no related facts this week. What? So, I'm sure that there's a lot I could have talked about, but I just felt like this one was just such a huge topic in terms of, like, the facts you can find. And I was like, in, I mean, in anticipation, I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure we're going to sprinkle in a lot of side stories and random facts anyway, but... (laughs) Which was definitely true. (laughs) Yeah, so... There, there's just a lot we could have talked about, and I was like, oh man, then this episode would go on forever, but we've already sprinkled some facts, and, you know, as usual, this place might be haunted, it might not be haunted, we may never know, but we always love hearing from you guys, so be sure to send us a message, send us an email, check out our website, leave us a voice message if you want, um, and uh, buy a sticker. DM us. <laughs> I know, why not? Is it that time of night? You know it, Carmen. (laughs) You want to play some Dead by Daylight? Let's do it. Stay spooky, San Jose.